is he drying them on? I don't know. He needs to talk. Oh, Vader's out. <laughs> So good about turning off his microphone. Did you just record me trying on my new underwear? And maybe. And shouting, ooh, my wiener's out. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> sure was. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that moment with me. <laughs> They're very comfortable, by the way. You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 88. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We are your one-stop shop for pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, theme parks, and since we live in Florida, the occasional story about a man marrying his daughter. Oh, wait! That wasn't in Florida! Ooh, I'm sure <laughs> it, it, was, it, it was also Florida. in Florida. We just haven't learned about it yet. The, well, no. The only thing that I thought about when I when I heard about that story was, thank God it wasn't in Florida. <laughs> yeah, please don't be Florida. Please don't be Florida. Because it was please it was like Florida. in Iowa or something. But they're oh, in Florida. I did see that story. Is this the one where mm. like he didn't know she was the daughter, or no, she had been like given up at birth or something, and then oh my God, he met her, and then yeah, it was a, they had no, the daughter was in. jealous for something or other, and anyway, go on. Yeah, so. My name's Rob, and as always, I'm joined by Greg. So, Rob, uh, tonight I got oh, a chance God. to do a father and son karate class where we actually got to learn how to use nunchucks. Nice. And uh, so I'm glad you're here because I need to know what a testicular contusion looks like. <laughs> Since you being the, the resident nurse, <laughs> I can not, text you do, pictures. Do not send like. me pictures. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I don't want your patience. Also, uh, I want you, to come over and inspect it in person. Also, how many times can one be hit in the head with nunchucks and get not get a concussion? You sound pretty concussed. Okay. I, well, I, fun, I would I not be able to tell from your normal state that you were. Con- okay. Well, then I'm good. Let's record a cast pod. <laughs> Wait. I mean, I'm here too. And and Jimmy. Thank you. <laughs> we discuss <sighs> pop culture, entertainment, um, and a little bit of nostalgia. Someone else. I heard somebody else talking. This week, we're going to chat about what we do in the shadows, Black Mirror Season 5. I might even bring up a little bit of Dark Phoenix. And after we Ooh. get done, we will come up with the week's top five list relating to our topics. Wait, you actually saw Dark Phoenix? I did. So you're the guy. Uh, I am. <laughs> the one guy. The one person that saw it. I'm shocked. Well, I considered you, it. You know it's my favorite. It's it's actually my favorite comic storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Infinity Gauntlet is number two. Yep. And they just, they, well, we'll discuss it later. Uh, yeah. I'm we'll we'll talk curious. about it in the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, as Rob said, uh, we are going to talk about those things. This is a review show. We're going to review them. If something happens during those reviews that spoil that story or plot points, stuff like that, you can't be pissed at us because there is your warning. Uh, I don't think we're going to spoil too much of Black Mirror because it's, I don't think there's, we, that's kind of the point of Black Mirror is to kind of, have weird twists and stuff like that. So we won't yeah. do that. But what we do in the shadows, the season is over and uh, you had your opportunity to be the other person that saw Fe- dark Phoenix. So don't be pissed off uh, if you spoil anything. Oh, uh, so guys, uh, anything crazy or good or interesting in the news? I don't know about news. 
but my current favorite game had an update that is just what? super awesome, and I've been playing the crap out of it. Yep. So, Hit them with it. So for those of you who don't play Rocket League, you should. Rocket League, yeah, Rocket League just had an update that they're doing the uh, Radical Summer event, basically. And in this event, you can earn all kinds of like ridiculous 80s stuff decorations for your car so they've got like the hat from goonies uh sloth's hat from goonies they've got daniel son's headband mm-hmm. they've got uh the hoverboard from back to the future 2 yep you can you can actually purchase a a new battle car and it is the freaking ecto one and i was saying a long time ago when actually the the female ghostbusters movie came out I was like, God, I wish where I could league would have partnered with them and brought the Ecto one into the game. Cause I'd totally play with that. I've been mm-hmm. playing with that car since they released. It. Yeah. You can <laughs> I freaking even love it. it. Uh, when you hit turbo on your car, your exhaust comes out. You can even get ectoplasm exhaust. You can, well, the, the, what comes with the car is the proton pack boot. So you get the proton beam from their, from their proton accelerators. Oh, all right. And, and the goal explosion. When the ball goes into the goal, oh, it explodes, yeah. and a giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man comes walking onto the field, and then he like incinerates, like he did in the movie. Like they it's, hit him with the uh, with the with the proton beams, and he just he starts to scorch, and then he explodes. It's so super cool. awesome. Yeah, and tell us about Ghost Hunt. Oh, Ghost Hunt is also a new a new game mode where they don't have the goals, but they have they have designated areas on the field where each team has to try and drag the ball to and keep it there for like two to three seconds or something like that to get a point. Yep. Um, so it's kind of like Rumble in that they use the the magnet beam or whatever, and you mm-hmm. just kind of drag the ball around the field, and you try and get it to the goal and keep it there. It, it's not that easy. I mean, I played one yeah. game of it, and you I, I mean, we won the game, but it was only mm-hmm. one nothing. So it wasn't like every time you get it there that you score. It has to sit there for a second or two before it scores. Yeah, it's pretty tough. If you guys are not familiar with Rocket League at all, basically you play as little RC cards, and it's soccer meets cars. So it's the whole soccer object- with rocket powered cars, basically. Yeah, exactly. So if you haven't played it, if you're a fan of this show, if you're a fan of the things that we talk about, if you're a fan of the '80s. You should definitely jump on board now. So check it out. Hit us up. We'll Rob and I will give you our gamer IDs, and you can join us for a match. Phase three of the event will have Kit from Knight Rider as a playable. Amazing. Uh, well, I got some quick news. Okay, and I've got go some lots of quick news. All right, let's so do quick God. news, and then we can do some Jimmy news, and then we'll go back and whatever. Sounds uh, good. Love Death and Robots. We loved it. You guys loved it, too, because that was one of our highest rated episodes of our show oh, when we nice. talked about it. Uh, season two is coming, and Netflix signed up for Love, Death, and Robots season two. The director will be, which in this case, when you say director, they're the person that's compiling and working on all of the various shorts. Uh, Jennifer Yu Nelson, she got her start doing Kung Fu Panda, which is actually a pretty good movie. And so there will be more Love, Death, and Robots, and we will have a good time watching that, I am sure. So that was my first yes, little bit of news. Definitely. Okay. What you got, Jimmy? I have some sad news. Uh, rest in peace, Richard Stephen Shaw, a.k.a. Bushwick Bill. He was a member of the innovative Ghetto Boys and a horror rap pioneer. He is dead at the age of 52 
after a fight with pancreatic cancer. Mm. Uh, you may remember Bushwick Bill as the, he was so much more than it, but he was the little person in the rap group, ghetto boys, ghetto boys were pioneers in that they were in that kind of transitional phase between gangster rap and kind of early fun loving rap. They explored the, the horror genre. Um, Bushwick Bill shot himself in the eye after an argument with his girlfriend and, and lives to tell his tale. Uh, he's truly a pioneer and he will be missed. And he's- also, also along the sad news front, this is the, today is yes. actually yes. the third anniversary of, uh, a very disastrous event that happened here Horrific. in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, today is the third anniversary of the Pulse shoot. Yeah. And, uh, is just a absolutely senseless act, and and you know those wounds are still very raw. Um, I know right but, now um, there are just a massive amount of people at the site right now. Go ahead. But the it it did really pull a lot of people together here in Orlando, and even three years later, I mean it. We still we still talk about it. It's still remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, even just not too long ago, uh, probably about two, three weeks ago, I learned something that I didn't even know that happened during the Pulse shooting. What was that? Um, I I found out just like a couple of weeks ago because we were talking about Chick Fil A and how like anti anti gay they were. Um, but I didn't I didn't know about it. I didn't hear anything about it. But Chick Fil A and several other businesses um, after the Pulse shooting on Sunday opened up and gave free food to the victims and the, the workers. Yeah. The first responders and everybody who was there, um, attempting to clean up, save lives and everything like that. Um, so good on all of those businesses for doing that. And I didn't, I didn't even hear about it until like three weeks ago. I remember the, I mean, if you hadn't heard about it and you were driving around outside of blood banks everywhere, there were just mile long lines and to see the community come together after that, the, the people, you know, who who maybe couldn't give blood or, you know, look, it's, you know, not everybody can do it. But the people who couldn't were just bringing because it happened in June. Uh, it's hot. And mm-hmm. people were they were turning people away with cases of water because they were like, we have too much. Like, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, absolutely tragic event. But, you know, did. And pull the community Roughly together. All yeah, in agreed. Yeah, just one more little piece of news. Something on the happier side of things, though, directly connected to Orlando still. And I'll make this connection here in just a second. We will have plenty of E3 coverage for you guys on the next show. But I wanted to share one of the most exci- exciting things so far, in my opinion. There is a Blair Witch Project game coming out, and it looks absolutely terrifying. It's not Book of Shadows, any of that BS like that. Basically, you're a person running around the woods and all kinds of crazy shit happens, just like in the movie. Now, the Orlando Connection, the original directors, went to the University of Central Florida, and the director of the most recent Blair Witch movie, hate it or love it, he actually went to Full Sail University. On a actual related note there, uh, I'm looking it up right now, not what you're talking about here. There is a book that one of our listeners actually told me about. And it's called The Best Movie Year Ever, How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen. It is written by Brian Raftery. It just came out uh, April 16th. And it's about just all of the changes that occurred in movies in 1999. And I was actually hoping when we have a little bit of lead time to try to, like, 
do a thing on that book where we determine if 1999 actually is the best year of movies ever. It was 1984, but we'll give it a shot. That's what I was thinking because there's that. I mean, there's 77. There's Mm-mm. Star Wars. Nope. Uh, there's yeah, wasn't Jaws 77 also. I think that was 76. Oh, okay. But I'm not. So it's very interesting because what's funny about this one is that part of his argument. I'm halfway through the book right now. Part of his argument is actually that there were some big bus in 1999 as well that made it the most interesting movie year yet ever because of like Phantom Menace and things like that. But yeah, um, I mean, it's not really what we're talking about today. So I, but if you guys want to find an interesting book, it was, it was a writer, a listener wrote in, I guess that makes him a writer too. God um, was Phantom Menace and Blair Witch the same year. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I can remember exactly. Six yeah. Cent, Six Sense is a big one. They talk about uh, Rushmore and all those like, those high school movies. Yeah, it's, it was. It's, it is an interesting movie year, and it's an interesting book. Very well researched book. But anyway, uh, speaking of of interesting things, I wasn't done. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm just kidding. I was done. Anyway, speaking of interesting things, uh, this is officially the year of Keanu Reeves. Oh yes, yes, it is. You can't go online without hearing about Keanu Reeves. So let let's just go through this real quick. Who's First Keanu of all, John, <laughs> he's just a guy. Oh, I've never heard of him. He knows kung fu. So between John Wick 3, of course, uh, the, his casting on Bill and Ted 2 being announced in the past couple weeks. Or not his okay. casting, but like him working on casting for that. You uh, said John Wick 2. Uh, what else? Uh, he is the voice of Duke Kaboom in Toy Story 4. And John he also Wick 3. Has a, Toy Story 4, John Wick. He is playing a, uh, a douchey version of himself on a Netflix show, which I've not seen, called uh, Always Be My Maybe. And then, of course, the meme that you showed me the other day in class, uh, slow motion walking to music with John Wick, or with Keanu Reeves, <laughs> and technically John Wick. He's the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and did then, all that of training. course, speaking of E3, uh, they showed yeah. footage from the game Cyberpunk 2077, which was looked awesome. It does. And then they kind of do a cutscene where there's a dude like laying on the ground, he looks up, and the person kind of squatted down next to him, of course, is a digital version of Keanu Reeves. And he says... Get up, samurai. We got a city to burn. Yep. And it looks awesome. Sure does. So I probably need to finish Spider-Man so I can play that someday. I have till November. But anyway, the year of Keanu Reeves, it's crazy how prevalent he has been. And By, by all accounts, it's super good dude. Treats everybody with respect who asks him for a photo, especially women. You know, he's not a sleazy dude. Saw a really cool interview with him. If you look up Keanu Reeves motorcycles, he's the co-owner of a motorcycle company, and he's so like modest when he talks about it. It's he's just an awesome dude. I'd love to meet him, but I'll just have to settle for playing with or as him in a video game. Yes. Also, he's really nice to his his visual effects people, and as one of the two of us that actually teach visual effects people, that makes me so. Yay, Keanu Reeves! I'm glad you uh, are getting. Well, more well-known. Hell yeah. Got your internet popularity through the roof. Uh, so all of you listeners out there, most of you guys know that we, in fact, live in Florida. And, you yeah. know, when I first started, when we first started this podcast, I was like, oh, it'd be kind of funny to talk about weird Florida stories. And then I was like, well, there can't be a weird Florida story every week. However, <laughs> I forgot There's a that weird we Florida, Florida story every day. Every, yeah. like, That being hour. said, um, let, let's talk about some weird Florida stories here. I got two. 
this week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All uh, right. So this week, good old this week in Florida. There's uh, Jimmy. Can you come up with a little bit of a theme song right there? Come on, give me give me some this week in Florida. Well, let's not call it this week in Florida because a local radio station has a segment like oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry, I did, I did not know that. So let's call it. I don't know, guys. Help me out. Weird Florida shit. It's time for weird Florida shit. Nice. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Uh, so a police officer in Palm Harbor, Florida, he was attempting to kick some dude out of a closed park. Oh, man. The cop you know, basically said, you can't be here. He's going to give him a <laughs> citation for trespassing, asked him what his name was, and of course he said his name was Ben Dover. He then gave the cop the middle finger and scampered <laughs> off into the darkness. Awesome. Which, oh, my God. <laughs> So, That's such a great visual. Like, I just picture some old dude in a pair of box, like tidy whities like bend over and just <laughs> flips them off and runs away. This guy from I picture like for some reason I'm picturing like the brother from the Goonies, like one of those dudes like wearing like the cutoff tank top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm I'm, I'm totally picturing picturing uh, Taylor Lautner's character from Grown Ups Two. The <laughs> yeah 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 the punk frat boy. Yep. All right. <laughs> yep. Okay, I can see that. I love those movies are really good. Uh, anyway, funny. yeah. So Ben Dover is actually Andrew Layton, a 22 year old. He was arrested and charged with obstruction, uh, which because he lied to a police officer. So that was that. So I thought that okay, that's kind of funny. You know that that fits. That is right up our alley. And then I went to school with an Andrew Layton. Oh God, he would be he would be a little older than 22. Okay, but then. This morning I woke up, I picked up my phone, and on the front page of <laughs> of like the iPhone where all the news is, there is the story of Mr. John Francis Morgan, who From Morgan and Morgan. Actually, yeah, I, I thought that too. He is sixty two and he likes McDonald's. I, I like McDonald's enough, yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean yeah, so do I. It's a nice treat every once in a while. The, every the once in a while. Yeah. Sure. And but he really liked McDonald's. Okay. Uh so this man, this Florida man, he stripped naked. <laughs> and one, this, is, this is when you go to McDonald's. He stripped naked at a, uh, I believe, a Naples McDonald's. And the arresting officer uh, said he described the arresting officer described it as doing a strange dance naked, <laughs> and was seen trying to have relations with a railing. Wow, that's how you get free fries in Florida, right? Well. Well, I mean, I kind of understand because I'm I'm fairly certain that the McDonald's in Naples probably hasn't upkept their their signs on their windows, and somebody probably just scratched off the no service part of that sign. A no so, shirt, no shoes. Yeah. So the so the sign just says no shirt, no shoes. So he he thought he was doing what he was supposed to by stripping completely naked. Yeah, and then, it's like I I want and then stripping a rail. Yeah, stripping a rail. He was railing a rail, so to speak. Uh, the cop. Mr. Officer, this not even a joke, Officer D. Grossclass <laughs> showed up, uh, and this is directly from the arrest report. I was dispatched to McDonald's in reference to a white male wearing white shorts, taking their clothes off and doing a strange dance. While I was on my way to McDonald's, it was also stated the male pulled his pants down, put them back on. Lastly, the caller stated what it looked that it looked like the male was trying to have relations with a railing. Although I so. doubt they said trying to have relations with a railing. Yeah, it was it definitely yeah. he was trying to buck a railing, basically. Yeah, mm -hmm. basically. Maybe nice. deep throat if he's feeling a little like, uh, you know. All right. Yeah. Well, so oh. thank you. Thank you, Florida, for providing yet another four minutes and 37 seconds of embarrassment. Weird shit from Florida. Okay. Well, shall we get started here on our actual topics? 
Uh, yeah, I feel like Rob, as we were in between recordings here, shamed me a little, and I am horribly embarrassed because I saw both of these movies in the theater. So, Rob, yeah, you did replace it, me with, with a, a helper monkey that actually knows what the hell is he talking about. Yes, because the casting began. In, in the Keanu Reeves section, you talked about the casting has begun for Bill and Ted 2. There already is a Bill and Ted 2. The casting has begun for Bill and Ted 3. Yes. Uh, Greg and I both have concussions because in Florida, we don't high five. We headbutt, uh, headbutt each yeah. other. So that might explain a few things about us down here. Yeah, yeah. I apologize and have been sufficiently shamed. Jimmy, what are we talking about now? We are finally talking about the television adaptation of What We Do in the Shadows. And I I'm am so excited. So excited to finally talk about this. The show premiered on March 27th of this year, 2019. It's based on the movie of the same name, executive produced by the original stars and directors, Jemaine Clement of Flight of the Concords and Taika Waititi, director of Thor Ragnarok. And here's what I want you guys to do. If you have not seen what we do in the shadows, either Please. the movie or the TV show, track down the movie. I'm sure it's on a streaming service, and I, I know I, for a fact. I have it on Blu-ray. I'll send it to you if you send it back to me. I'm not even kidding. And I will tell you right now, it is available on streaming on what on demand for most of the – I know it's on DirecTV On Demand, and I know it's on – Hulu. Uh, it's on Hulu. Mm -hmm. It's on FX.com. You can watch it for free, and it is worth every second. It is – it's going to be hard to beat that is my favorite show of the year when we get to the end of the year. I, I, I've watched it, what, two and a half times already? Yeah, I will pay for the shipping to and back because the movie had one of the funniest cinematic moments I've ever seen. The show, what I really, really appreciate about the show is that it doesn't just just recycle the content from the movie. Mm -hmm. That's the, I, I feel like the executive the, – well, they are. Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi are super involved with this. They're not just footing the bill. They were involved in the casting. Ta Taika directed an episode. They write a lot of it, and they let the actors improvise a lot. And that leads to some of the funniest moments in the show. So – Rob, have you watched this shit? I have not seen the show yet. No, mm -hmm. I have seen the movie. You were Almost as shameful as what I did with the Bill and Ted situation. Almost. All right. So the show – uh, it's centered around, well, four vampires in Manhattan, and it's uh, from the perspective— they, they live in Staten Island, which is kind of a big deal because they're, they're like one step below yep. the, like, the, the big city vampires. Yes. Um, <laughs> where they hold dominion over a house and a street. Yes. Um, a documentary crew follows around these four vampires— uh, so, it, but it's not quite found footage. It's like it, the office. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Point. Yeah, they've got the confessionals. They've got the 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 plot, and then the confessionals, and yeah, the the little in jokes with that. Like the character will say something, and then they show the opposite or show other parts of it. So it's yeah, it's fun. So the vampires that are featured are Nandor the Relentless. And I just I, you started laughing because it's just funny to think that about him. Um, you've got <laughs> you're thinking of moments from the show. I know uh, Laszlo Cravensworth <laughs> tricked in the steam room, <laughs> <laughs> and, his, and his wife Nadja. Nadja, yes, who is 
absolutely hilarious. And, and who is and who is in love with Gregor or Jeff? Jeff. Jeff. Ooh, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to work. On oh, that. we're gonna have to really try to get through this without cry laughing. And the fourth vampire is Colin Robinson, who is a psychic vampire. He's an that, energy vampire. An energy vampire who is one of those people that it's will just, always just be a downer. Like that, he's the one that comes up to your desk and says, "Yeah, sucks, sucks that it's Monday at work." And we all know uh, an energy vampire that just drains your energy. Yeah, the one that comes up to you and just like, "My dog died this weekend," and you're just like, "Oh, it's Monday." Like, I'm sorry, that really sucks, and it just kind of sucks the life out of you. So, uh, let me just go through and, um, what are your favorites? Talk about that. Okay. Uh, Baron's Night Out. (laughs) Yeah, all of them. Uh, Baron's Night Out was the, the first one that just had me absolutely doubling over. Yeah. So they, they did invite another vampire to join them. It was, it actually was kind of the, the Baron who was like an old time vampire, very much a Nosferatu style, uh, the one that kind of looks like a, a humanized bat or a, yeah. yeah. Um and he comes to stay with them and he's super powerful and he's really annoying. Like an, <laughs> but they so they treat him more like an annoying house guest than like this big leader. Yeah. And finally and he's also like super super old. So there's a lot of like old jokes, but he finally is like I want to go out and see the city. I'm near New York. I want to go clubbing and they imagine, you know, an old ass vampire going clubbing. Yeah, give you give you guys some perspective here on the amount of star power and the pull that the directors have or the producers have. Uh, the Baron's played by Doug Jones, and if you don't know that name, I don't blame you. It's because he's always in makeup. Vinny? Not Vinny Jones. Not Vinny Jones. Oh no, that would be really weird. But Doug Jones is um, Abe Sapien. He's the monster from. Uh, oh, okay. Pan's okay. Labyrinth. Yeah, with the, the hand-eye thing. He's, yeah, he, he's Pan. He's he's such a great actor, and you finally get to hear his voice in this. And like Greg said, you know, he, he's just – he's a riot in a really annoying kind of way. So in this episode, they take the Baron out on the town, and they're partying, and they're um, at nightclubs, and they're – they end up at a rave and they end up feasting upon humans who are high on LSD. <laughs> so oh, they God. in turn become high on LSD and they're super, super excited because they drank drug blood. Yes. And now the vampires in this universe can't eat human food, but they are so drunk and so high at this point that the Baron has absolutely got to try garlic pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Go, please tell them. Wow, I can't. So I have to pause. He, he he bites into the pizza, and without even a, a second goes by from him biting, as he is projectile launched by his own vomit around the city. Like imagine, like a, a three year old holding onto a fire hose. Like he's launched around the city. He rebounds off of one building, bounces to another one, lands, I think, in a dumpster, and yeah. pops up, and he's like, "It was worth it. Worth it." Yeah. It, oh my god. And. It's so funny. I watched that scene over and over and over again, and I laughed every time. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about uh, another episode, Greg. I don't, I don't know how you feel. Um, there was a scene in Animal Control where, um, so the character Laszlo, uh, the the vampires here, they're shape shifting, um, so they can turn into not only bats but like wolves and stuff like that. Um, Laszlo has to say, 
bats every time that he turns into a bat. Yeah. So they're standing outside and Laszlo has a scheme of, of going up into the neighbor's apartment and he turns into a bat. He hovers in front of the window, flies in, and they immediately start swatting him with a broom. <laughs> and what happens is Laszlo ends up at animal control, <laughs> stuck in a cage. <laughs> but Laszlo is trying to convince his fellow animals to help him break out, but they're just like cats. <laughs> and they're just like, meow. He's like, come help me, my friends. And they're, they're just cats. Uh, Greg, what, what are, what do well, you got? My, my fa- first of all, throughout the whole series, this is the thing that I noticed. The production value is so good that in between the scenes, whenever they're talking about what it was like when they were younger or in the old country or whatever, they have these wood carvings and these like vintage artwork and yeah. stuff that is spot on to the time periods they're talking about, mm-hmm. but horrific things made for the show. So when the, the Baron is coming to visit them, Nadja is talking about how they used he used to like have sex with the vampire, the Baron, and how he was virile and all this stuff. And they show all these pictures well, of like these crazy yeah. sex things. <laughs> yeah. And then they cut to her husband, Laszlo, and he's talking about the same thing, and then they cut to these wood carvings of like a even dude. crazier things. He's <laughs> like pooping on his chest and yeah. stuff. And they're like, Oh, such a good time. And it's just so damn funny, but go like ahead. you have to watch every second of the show because like even the cutaways have like artwork and little like hints as to what's going on. Well, I think the one episode a lot of people heard about because it did mm-hmm. make its way onto several websites. That would be the trial because the the heroes of our show do end up on trial for something. We'll let you guys. We won't out. tell you. So it's a vampire trial, and I'm watching it. And first of all, the be- before the trial even begins, you've got Batista. Yep. Who shows up and I was like, wow, that dude looks like, but and it was, yep. And then they do this trial thing where like all of the various vampire families or leaders come in and like, whoa, that looks like Tilda Swinton, who was in a vampire movie called What Only Lovers Left Alive, I think. I think so, yeah. Started. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, she was also the was... ancient one in the Avengers. Yeah, true, true. And then I was like, oh wait, that's Danny Trejo, <laughs> vampire. Which you can't you mistake can't. that guy. Yeah, you can't mistake that one. Uh, who, of course, was in From Dust Till Dawn. And then Paul Rubens, who was in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, and Evan Rachel Wood. A.K.A. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Evan Rachel Wood from True Blood. I was like, holy crap. And then they, like, start making little conversations like, oh, yeah, Rob can't be here. Of course, they're talking about Rob Pattons. And they're using their vampires, but they're using their real, like, actor names. Yep. And they talk about, like, Brad and Tom. They can't be here right now. And then they're like, but but Wesley has decided to Skype in, and they all hate Wesley because he's the daywalker. <sighs> And they're like, oh, they're, like hiss, they're like they're like hissing at him because <laughs> he's sitting in the sun. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's sitting right. in the sun. He's on Skype, and the connection's not really great. But there, the show is so self aware, you know, that he's like, "Hey guys, can can you guys hear me?" And they're like, "Wesley, your your connection's not that great." And he's like, "What are you talking about? I'm, I'm a millionaire. I got the best internet connection." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's a. Should I say it? What, the orgy? No, the baby. (laughs) The the vampire baby. (laughs) It's a vampire baby, and it's just the funniest damn show of this year. I've gone on record saying it's the funniest movie I've ever seen. It's possibly the funniest television show I've ever seen, aside from The Office. I can't delete it off of my... No. 
you feel bad doing it. Now, there's one more thing I want to make note of before we set you guys out on the world, our children of the night, what sweet sounds you make. Uh, there's an episode called The Orgy where our vampires are um, – Set to host the like annual vampire by, orgy by the, the biannual vampire orgy. Biannual vampire yeah. orgy. Now there uh, there is a familiar who is featured prominently in the show. Now a, a familiar is a vampire's human counterpart who can go out and get things done for them in the daylight, kind of like their servant that they promise they'll eventually make a vampire. Strong emphasis on eventually. Uh, his name is Guillermo, and he is Nandor the Relentless's. Uh, familiar and they're practicing for their orgy and all three of the vampires <laughs> all three of the vampires are in their living room mm -hmm. and Laszlo is like sitting on the couch and cupping and he's making hand gestures he's like oh it's my birthday Najee is doing something I can't remember but Nandor is like doing squats and they're like Guillermo, you have to tell, I, I want to talk in Nandor's voice or, or I'll try. He's like, Guillermo, you have to commentate this. And they give him a little, like, little tiny bullhorn. And he's up on the second level of the room. And he's like, and then there's a vampire and he's squatting down onto a candle. And I just, and he can't, he can't do it. And it's just the smallest, like, funniest aside and the actor who plays it is is just so damn funny you guys check it out what we do in the shadows of the series check out the movie hit me up on that offer i will send it to you as long as you send it back to me the movie but definitely check out the tv series sign up for a trial on netflix or not not netflix sorry it's not on netflix but hulu fx whatever watch it cancel it you'll thank us now quick question do sure. you have to have seen the movie to no. understand the tv show no. no. Okay. No, it's a very good question. You do not. Do they do they make any references to the vampire that they kill in the movie? Um, vampire that they kill in the movie? The Nosferatu guy. That they no, they the do not. No, no, no. 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 It, it's completely different people. Yeah. However, in the, in the trial, trial episode, the the stars of the movie are there. So there's like that's the biggest tie-in. And it's not even a huge one. So, yeah, unfortunately, Doug is not in the TV series. Well, so Jimmy and I just raved completely about a movie and now or about a TV show and movie for that matter. And a movie came out this week that I'm actually very surprised that I didn't rush right out and see. But the trailers didn't catch me. Nothing like that. Uh, that is the final mm -hmm. Fox X-Men movie. Dark oh, Phoenix. thank God. And Rob, Rob, you did see it. I'm actually I'm not surprised that you saw it, but. I'm mm -hmm. a little surprised that you, because I know you've been doing a lot of stuff. So, uh, not well, a lot of people see it. It's the biggest bomb out of all the X Men movies and will probably most likely be the bomb of the summer. Oh, yeah, it's not even close. It's going to lose so much money. It's going to lose like $200 million. Wow, that, that really, really upsets me because it, it wasn't that bad. But, I mean, I guess I could be, I could be comparing it to the other Dark Phoenix saga that they did, which was, that terrible. was, that was absolute trash. And the problem is, is the Dark Phoenix saga is probably my favorite storyline from from comic. So that being said, I was excited to see that they made this movie because I hated the last one that they did. It was such garbage. It didn't even follow the storyline at all, other than Jean Grey got really powerful. 
And I was like, what the hell? This, this isn't how the story is supposed to go. Um, they, they stayed somewhat true to the idea of the Dark Phoenix. The, the biggest problem I had with it was that one, one of the main protagonists was already, was already out of the, out of the picture. Mm-hmm. from one of the first movies because if i remember correctly and greg correct me if i'm wrong but if i remember that emma frost who was the white queen was one of the was one of the people very much responsible for gene gray's descent from phoenix into dark phoenix in the comic or yeah in the comic yeah in the comics yes. and unfortunately emma frost was pretty much taken out in the first x-men first class was that the, that was the one that had yes her in it right yeah, yeah. okay yeah so it was uh, X Men First Class they kind of got her out of the way and it kind of made it hard for her to return as a as a psychic villain who could then push Jean Grey over the edge so they had to create a new character for it and I mean what they did was kind of hokey i mean they they put in an alien race that was trying to steal the power of the phoenix force for themselves so that they could destroy earth and make it their new home well at least it wasn't like taco the psychic penguin or something yeah exactly exactly and i really liked what they did with the special effects i thought that that sophie turner was good i i I thought she did a a very good job playing gene gray you know, I was kind of worried about it after the whole Sansa thing, but she 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 did all right. She played the vulnerable role very well. She was believable in that in that light. Um, it it didn't blow my socks off, and I think part of the reason was was that it was too rushed. the The movie really could have benefited from I, the storyline itself is several comics long, right, Greg? Like, uh, it's it's, it's, it's actually, almost like a miniseries. It's actually two giant storylines. So it's like. I believe, if I remember correctly, there was the storyline of Jean Grey like doing something, and everyone thinking mm-hmm. she's dead for a while, and then she reappears, like right. it, like, and that's where she becomes the like, Phoenix. But right? it's actually split apart into two two storylines. So it's and there's like I think some issues in between. Okay, but this this movie really, and I understand why they didn't do it since this is Sony's last X Men movie. But it really could have benefited from being split into two with. With her descent into the Dark Phoenix being the end of the first episode. And then dealing with the Dark Phoenix for the entire next episode. And, you know, people always don't like it when they kill off, you know, favorite characters. And yes, people die in this movie. Or at least one person mm-hmm. dies in the movie. Not reversed. Not reversible. But, again, it's the last it's the last one in the franchise. But what really disheartens me is that if it did as poorly as what you're saying it did, that uh, Disney took control of it, right? Okay, so Disney took control of it. Uh, there's a few things here. So one, Disney took control of it. There were it was supposed to come out on two separate occasions. It was supposed to come out mm-hmm. a long time ago. It was actually supposed to come out in February, but they moved it because of Battle Angel, Battle Angel Alita. Okay. Um, but of course, in moving it, they then put it basically right behind one of the best comic book based movies of all time. Endgame. It's a problem. That was one thing. Um, the another thing was that, and this might actually be one of the the bigger problems they after apocalypse did not do as well as they had expected apocalypse they went in and they said well why didn't this movie do as well and for some reason they decided that it was the scale of the battles really yeah Hmm. that's what fox decided when if you looked anywhere they basically what everyone said was one there's not enough star power anymore now that 
uh, most of the original actors had left, particularly uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Wolverine. Okay, that was one thing. But the Hugh other, Jackman, yeah, Hugh Jackman. And the other thing, of course, was the fact that everyone thought Apocalypse looked stupid from the very first time he was on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Everyone's like, "This looks like one of the Blue Man Group guys." <laughs> That's true. And so that movie left a little bad taste in people's mouth. But the problem is they hired the guy that wrote not only X-Men Apocalypse, which is the the second worst X-Men movie. Uh, so the guy that wrote that, and he also wrote, which other movie? X-Men, Last Stand, Simon Kinberg. Oh my God, are you serious? To be in control and direct this movie, who he hasn't directed a lot of big movies. And he, of course, is making the creative decisions. So... There was not a lot of buzz. You know, there was not, he took the wrong information out of what people wanted. It's oh a good story. It's one of the best stories, as you said. Whereas a Taika Waititi, as previously mentioned, took all the great things for Thor Ragnarok. Read your damn source material, people. So I'm, I'm very disheartened with it doing as poorly as you said it did. That uh, it, it made $32 million, which is the oh. worst in the opening weekend, which is the worst in the franchise's history. Um, and then it actually had the worst dr Sunday to Monday drop, which was 68%, which is a oh. very bad sign. Um, it is estimated to lose over $100 million because worldwide. Because what that means is I know how these movie companies read this stuff or how all of these executives read this crap. And they'll look at it and say, oh, oh, my God. The two Dark Phoenix movies, they're the worst performing movies we've ever had. We can't ever do anything about Dark Phoenix because nobody wants to see it. No, nobody wants to see the bullshit that you put up on the screen. Yeah. And, they'll, and yeah. they'll, they'll view it as being, oh, well, the source material is bad. No, it's not the source material. It's your effing job that, that made it so crappy. And, I mean, that being said, I didn't dislike mm -hmm. this movie. I enjoyed it. But it would it kind of left me wanting. I really wanted more from it. So let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Would you want Disney to continue in that universe or to reboot it now that it's under the creative guidance of the people who brought us, you know, Iron Man and Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame, etc.? I would have no problems whatsoever if they rebooted it and folded it into the MCU. Okay. And then gave me a story for the Dark Phoenix saga like they took the time to craft out for the Infinity Gauntlet. Listen up, Disney execs. Well, here's This is what we have, want. These are our demands. Following what Disney has been doing? Have you been following that? I heard a little blip the other day, but no. As far as so, what? I'm just well, prepared for Star Wars Land on August 29th. So one of the things that, that Disney is doing with this is um, the next – Big Bad is most likely going to be a Norman Osborn situation. Um, Isn't he dead already? He hasn't appeared in the this. Version oh, not in the MCU. That's right. Yeah, and of course Marvel uh, Doc Ock or uh, Green Goblin. Green Goblin. But, yeah, but also he was Iron Patriot. And he led a team of evil Avengers called the Dark Avengers. Ooh. So there's probably going to be some hints at that. So that's probably going to be coming up soon. The next big event is most likely going to be Annihilation. Um, no, which that was actually sounds pretty good. really painful. Annihilation was there was a character in Fantastic Four called Annihilus. He's like a giant robot bug looking dude. He's a very cool looking character, and okay. he is he is like the leader of like a different pocket dimension, and he controls like this just unbeatable army of this swarm that kind of just 
you open up a portal and the swarm just attacks. It's the Zerg. Yeah, it, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying, there was a Star movie where they reference. did something like that. It's but, very good. I got yeah. it. Power overwhelm. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like that. It's a very cool story. It is a Fantastic Four story. So even if the X Men do show up in the Marvel universe, it will probably be very very late. So eight to ten years from now, mm-hmm. uh, because we have to mm-hmm. get through. We have to get through. You know, some of the Spider Man villain kind of situations. Uh, we're going to have to do some Fantastic Four stuff, some world building there, and then of course building up whatever the new, uh, whatever the new Avengers type teams are going to look like. Is, so, is X Men going to be put off until after Phase Four? Yes, that's what they said. <sighs> but this was also I mean, <laughs> oh, they've, they've planned I feel so your pain, far. dude. Wait, so, which is funny that you guys feel the pain. But X Men was I'm okay with it because they didn't know they didn't plan for the X Men because they didn't know this deal was actually going to go down when they were mm-hmm. planning it. Mm-hmm. These have been plans have been in works for a while, but like X Men was like my jam. Like that was yeah, like, it was mine that too. Was got into that's what got me into comics. That's I remember mm-hmm. when I saw that very first X Men movie. I know I remember I did. T- I went out and I bought the first Disturbed album Ooh. with my pay- with my paycheck from Blockbuster. <laughs> yep, and I remember going to see the X Men movie at uh, at the Book Raton Theater, and I remember I was parked after the movie listening to the album, and I was blown away the fact that I actually saw a comic book on the screen like uh, all right that like i was like i couldn't drive i was like oh my god that was cyclops and that was that and oh my god and it wasn't even that great i I still say that the that the first x-men movie was the one that catapulted the comic books screen i mean i know Mm. that superman and batman had already done it but the the x the success of the first x-men movie really solidified the the comic yeah the success of that made them want to do spider-man right I'd have to argue that was Blade, but okay. No. Okay, so Rob, who, uh, what you got to do the rating? Um, I honestly can't give it opening day. Okay. I it pains Man, me. And you're really having a hard time with this. I I feel pain for you. It, it pains I, me. I know this I was, was like your favorite series, but yeah, that it pains sucks. me. But I'd probably say five dollar two. Okay. Still see it mm. in the theater. There's there's enough visually there to to warrant seeing it on a big screen. Plus, ba- based on the ticket reviews, you could see it in the theater, and you have the theater all to yourself. You, uh, can, do yeah. other, you can do other things if you don't like the movie, like sit Not there me. the whole time and wish like I did during this whole entire X Men movie adaptation that Wolverine was played by Glenn Danzig. Or is just now be not wearing pants like Jimmy is not doing right now. Sixty three years old. I'm wearing shorts. Thank you. Fair it, his wiener's out. <laughs> it was. Okay. Well, thank you for taking the uh, Phoenix bullet for us, Rob. Uh, yeah. Sorry. And uh, for our final topic, a happy little surprise appeared uh, last week, and that is Black Mirror season five, which technically kind of started months uh, ago. Yeah. But <laughs> the other three episodes came out, and they're they're going back to the old way they used to do it, where it was only three or four episodes. So, and people can't really be too mad because they had to do a ton of filming for Bandersnatch, Bandersnoocher, Snoocher Match, that one. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumber, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Uh, Taco Bell. Yeah. yeah. So Black Mirror Season 5, uh, three short films, technically, Striking Vipers, Smithereens, and Rachel Jack and Ashley 2. Mm-hmm. And I started hearing some stuff. It has some really good star power. We got, uh, in fact, four um Stars from um, superhero movies in yep. Striking Vipers, which was, well, two of them are stars, uh, but actually three of them, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I forget the other names of them, but Anthony Mackie, of course, Falcon, 
And yes. Yaha Abdul-Mateen, who is Black Manta. And then, of course, we have Mantis. And uh, the, the the movie is a uh, almost like a Street Fighter II Mortal Kombat, where the show is about two guys that kind of do a virtual reality mm-hmm. game that's kind of like uh, Street Fighter II Mortal Kombat, whatever. Yeah. And Man- the um, the Asian lead is also from Aquaman. Yes, and his opposite uh, fighter is Pom Clementiev, I believe. She plays Mantis, like yes. you said. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, real quick, from that one at least, we're not going to go over all of them like in depth, but uh, two friends, they were college roommates, and they reconnect at a 38th year at one of them's 38th birthday party. Hang on. He's... Rob, have you seen these? Okay. And so they reconnect. And one of them is kind of living suburban life. He hates his job, but got a great family. Everything is perfect. The other one's kind of like the party guy. And he basically gives him this this fighting game. It's like, oh, you got to try this VR game. And it's kind of different. You're not wearing a helmet. You basically put this little chip on the side of your head. And yeah. You slip into a coma, basically, and you play a game in your head. It's a game that they bonded over and they played while they were roommates. It's yeah. called Striking Vipers. And so anyway, they like they do this. They start playing and that they realize that like, oh, you can like feel the hits for real and whatever. And then within five to 10 minutes, they are making out and leading towards they're having sex. Yeah. And it was actually kind of interesting because there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff that happens when they show the past where like one of them is uh, dry, like he's dry humping the other one when he wins and stuff like that. Just like these these like overwhelming, like just these male things that like all of us have had that friend. That like will just take it way too far when you're in groups. Like, <laughs> who are you talking about? Well, ever are you talking about? Actually, actually, uh, I no, think no one that's on, currently on this podcast, but I did have a friend mm-hmm. that would always try to a- get you to quote unquote accidentally look at his balls. Yeah, like, hey, little... look over here, and you look in the yep. There they are on his in his hand. He would like have oh. them dangling in front of your headlights when he pulls into your driveway. It was, it was bad. It was, he would be like, do you, and his little phrase was, do you want to see what I got at the beach? And there would be his ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. I think, he, I okay. think he's a lawyer now. That, that actually was in fact, not me. No. Yeah. In my, in life, Rob did not ever show me his balls. Surprising. No, but you felt them. Oh, <laughs> see, there you go. <laughs> Now, this episode presents a very interesting dynamic where these two characters come together in VR. One's a male, one's a female, and they have relations, and it's really affecting... In in VR, one's a male, one's a female, but in real life, it's it's two dudes. Mm -hmm. Two guys, two black males. um, They One of them is really having a hard time with it. He he, They go in, they're like, all right, Anthony Mackie's character is like, not this time. We're just going to fight. We're going to, we're going to be boys. That was a one time kind of thing. And then they just end up banging. Yeah. So Anthony Mackie, his character is, he's, you know, doing great in life. The other one, party guy, like Greg said, he's having a real hard time with the fact that he's a straight married man with a child, but he's going into this VR environment and having sex with his best friend as a male female relationship. So it's a very black mirror kind of thing. And I thought there's a couple things that were very interesting, especially when they decide to go meet in person. Cause they, they can't get it out of their head and they yep. decide to go meet and kiss and they, they like kiss briefly. And it's like, anything? Nope. Did you feel anything? Any? Nope. 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 Should we like fight now? <laughs> <laughs> and they start like, Bad fighting. Yeah. Uh, that part was unintentionally funny. Yeah. But it was funny because I was like looking before I even saw the show 
Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of articles where the headline kind of spoiled some of what was going to happen. And they were and like every, the, both the actors, the writer, all this stuff was like, well, the show delves into black male intimacy and some of the issues and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, great. Something on the podcast that we know nothing about and should nowhere near discuss. <laughs> well, yep. in, in, I mean, I haven't seen the episode, but mm-hmm. listening, listening to you guys describe it, it feels like that the, 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 that the, blackmail portion of that description is completely unnecessary because it sounds like it just deals with male intimacy. It does. It, it does. It does. It was actually, to be, to be honest with what you said, like the writer mm-hmm. said blackmail intimacy, but I think Anthony Mackie said that the thing he liked about it the best is that they just were, it didn't come into the play. Like, Oh, we were in the same black fraternity. Like it just, it said that they could, that they were in a role where them being black really actually didn't matter. Okay. So, so yeah, so so the black part of that description is is unnecessary. It well, just that was deals with the male said. intimacy, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of interesting, but it, um, it it was and it was for me the episode was better the second time around. Um, I actually missed the ending the first time that I that I watched it. So he logged onto a VR video game and I and I, made I, out with Rob I, while playing. No, Greg soccer, car soccer. It was us. No, yeah, don't try it and was, throw me in there. Yeah quote rocket league um, i was i was in the crowd watching with popcorn though there you go understandable so i'm better at making out with dudes than i am at playing rocket league the um the ending of course black mirror every episode has a twist ending and this one was pretty shocking i would say not in the terms that they like killed each other or anything like that but uh you'll just have to check it out for yourself it was enjoyable uh, actually, and the next one is, seems to be the one that everyone is slamming, but this is the one I watched last night. Okay. And it was one of those, well, I really should go to bed in 15 minutes. I'll just start it. And it's the same exact thing I did with that 80s one that I can, uh, San Junipero, mm-hmm. where I'm like, well, I'm going to stay up. So this one is uh, called Rachel Jack and Ashley 2. Uh, Rachel is a girl who is a huge fan of a pop star named Ashley something and ashley is played by miley Miley cyrus Cyrus. yep and jack is her sister who's kind of like the cool metal punk sister type and ashley is or sorry rachel has really has kind of left she her whole life is this starlet and she doesn't talk to anyone at school she watches youtube videos about all this stuff ashley decides to release a little miniature robot like a kind of like a little helper robot type thing that will talk back to you and stuff like that yeah it's like an alexa but yeah more advanced and it's this cute little robot thing and so she's asking questions and you find out a lot about her partially in the conversations between her but she doesn't really talk to her sister and turns out her mother has passed away the dad is kind of trying to deal with the two daughters their two daughters are very different etc etc on the other side you learn about miley cyrus's character ashley who is has a who had a her family passed away she was being raised by her aunt her aunt is basically taking advantage of her talents and is being very overbearing there's a lot of craziness but i thought it was re- one really interesting two i thought it was really well done and i thought miley cyrus did a great job i happen to be a very big fan of miley cyrus's like work i think that she gets i think people look at some of her early stuff and are like well that's just some kid actor but yeah i actually think she's extraordinarily talented i agree um actually and, i'd like to hang out with her yeah right Play some tennis. And, and every so often, my child runs in and says, play Wrecking Ball. Okay. And by the way, guys, if you have not seen the dude doing the Snapchat, or not Snapchat, but whatever that weird chat thing was, Wrecking Ball video, look it up on YouTube. 
Yeah, look up weird dude. Wrecking no, it ball. was uh, what was that oh. chat room where it was like a random chat chat roulette chat look roulette. Up, sure, look up chat roulette wrecking ball on YouTube is the funniest thing you'll ever see. Oh, that one. Yes, that is funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, good stuff. They they uh, do uh, some pretty interesting things with a nine inch nail song. <laughs> which... Yeah. So uh, Miley Cyrus's character goes into a coma, and they yeah. tap into her brain to extract music from that and they compile this song together that i'm, I'm sitting there and i'm like okay yeah I, wait why did the wait that sounds a lot like nine inch nails there's going to be a lawsuit coming now well, what, even like even the song before she's in the coma the one that they changed the, the lyrics one. a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. is hit like a hole yeah it's i'm going to get what i deserve but yeah. it's like more poppy and happy like but I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds a lot like Nine Inch Nails. And why Why is that? Well, because uh, Trent Reznor, they contacted Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, asked him if they could use it. He read the script. He gave him the okay and told him it was okay to change some of the lyrics if they wanted to. And he was down with it. Yeah. Which is also a, almost a Nine Inch Nails song. It's kind of cool. He was down in it. <laughs> and Across I thought that was heart. great. But uh, the, the thing I thought was really interesting about this, you know, doing the good old overthinking, which you have to do with Black Mirror. Is I loved that Miley Cyrus's character was her outside look and pop thing, where she was all boppy and happy and positive. And if you try your hardest, you'll be a star and blah blah blah, which is what <laughs> the one sister really wanted. Yeah, but behind the scenes, she was exactly like the other sister that hated everything about about the whole Ashley thing, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, she's like, "F that! I've been trained to say that my entire life." Uh, it, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, and that like when the the real Southern Miley Cyrus comes out, like the yeah the. Yeah, F that, screw you, whatever. Um, the other little thing I want to say about this is the end. I was I didn't realize how much I cared about the characters in this until they started doing the heist at the end. And when I was actually, like, my heart was racing. Yeah. When they, I thought they yeah. were going to get caught. And it was silly, it was funny, but it was very much like a, almost like an 80s or 90s heist movie where, like, little pieces from the the early parts came back. And it was, I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. And it's, it's sitting at like six out of 10 on IMDb and a couple other things. Like that's the one everyone is like bashing, but I'm like this, mm-hmm. this one, I, that one I really, now the, the second one, cause I just talked about the first one and the third one. Mm-hmm. The second one is called smithereens and yes. I did not see that one. And you were missing out, sir. Really? Yes. Smithereens stars Topher Grace, Andrew Scott and Damson Idris. Hopefully I'm saying that. Okay. It's about a ride-sharing operator, so a driver for Lyft or Uber. He, Stuber? Uh, yeah, Stuber. He's um, <laughs> He parks outside of a certain business every day. That business is called Smithereen. And what he's doing is he's hoping to pick up a employee of the company. Now, you don't know why for the longest time. But when he finally does, he kidnaps that person. And this person turns out to be just an intern. So his whole motivation for taking an employee for this company is to make contact with the founder of the company, who's played by Topher Grace, and his name is Billy Bauer in the show. And he leads police on this wild chase. Uh, he's on the phone the whole time trying to connect with this Billy Bauer at Smithereen. Well, Billy Bauer turns out to be on this, um, like no talk retreat, no tech kind of thing. So he's just like meditating in the mountains and 
he's got a gun to this kid this whole time, the the driver of this this list. And he's saying, I'm going to kill this guy unless I talk to him. And it picks up on social media. There's a standoff in a cornfield when the guy's car dies. Um, it's very kind of like, where is this going the whole time? But when it comes around at the end, it's super emotional. He finally gets a hold of Billy Bauer. Um, Smithereen is a, a social networking platform. So very much like your Twitter or whatever. Um, it, it's very well acted. It's, it's very tense. You should definitely check it out. I don't want to give away the ending just because I thought this episode was the best of the three that they released. Oh, well, okay. I'll have to watch that hmm. uh, later this evening. Actually, You definitely should. It's, um, it takes place pretty much the whole time in a car and that's just really good. And the end of that actually made me like want to cry. So yeah, it's, it's kind of focused on how people are so stuck in their cell phones, you know, cell phone in your face the whole time. It's very black mirror, like, you know, social commentary kind of thing, but with a, a wild twist at the end. So check it out. Well, well, what I think you should do now, first of all, I suggest the black mirror stuff. If you like the other ones, you'll like this one. And, I agree. Uh, that's really all you guys need to know. But this is a very weird week for our Give Me Five question because it was actually written in by one of our listeners. Yes, it was. It was written in by our very good friend, Kerwin. Kerwin, thank you so much. This one isn't exactly tied into one of our topics, but it's a really fun one to to talk about. Yes. In fact, I have had this conversation with multiple people now as a result of the question. Some <laughs> students, some, some other coworkers. People come up uh, with some really fun things, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so – uh, real quick, I'll ask the question, and then we also had a couple listeners that wrote in answers to we this. We did, yeah. Thank you. And then we'll give our own stuff. And uh, so the question by Kerwin was the uh, top five television crossovers that you like to see. So they, of course, have had television crossovers, like uh, the Arrowverse does a crossover every year. There's been Supernatural slash Scooby-Doo. Well, that, that did that actually happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rub, uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, they made okay. that. So yeah, the stuff that they've actually done. No, we're talking about stuff that we would like to have happen. So why don't we start off with the people that wrote in? Okay. Okay. Uh, and then we'll give ours. So uh, Kerwin, you you get to go first. So go ahead. Uh, Jimmy as Kerwin. I was going to make a goofy voice or something like that, but I love Kerwin, so I'm not. Uh, Kerwin, his number five is going to be ALF crossover with the X-Files. And that's hilarious. Okay. okay. His number four is Ash versus Evil Dead and Penny Dreadful. Number three, <laughs> this one's good. Uh, A Team and The Walking Dead. I would watch that show. <laughs> so oh, would really I. Watch that show. His number two is Married with Children and Family Ties. Wow. That, like one of them moving next door to the other one. That would be glorious. <laughs> yeah. His explanation, the one that sparked the idea because there are two shows I love and they take place in the same city. The main characters have similar sets of skills, but from differing lives, they both tend to do bad things sometimes, arguably for noble reasons. And it's very conceivable they would show up on each other's radar for some interesting cat and mouse hijinks. And that is number one, Burn Notices, Michael Weston and Dexter's Dexter Morgan. Nice. Yep. Okay, I can see those. Now, another friend of the show, Marina, writes in and says... Oh, uh, wow, we got more than that. We do. We have two more, actually. Yeah. They're not top five lists, but just kind of one-offs. Uh, Marina says, Shameless and Always Sunny. 
Oh God, that would be such. A, that would be. I would feel like such a bad person. <laughs> I watched five straight seasons of Always Sunny, and I, I I started feeling like such a bad person that I had really? to stop and watch <laughs> and watch uh, uh, Teletubbies. Oh God, Brooklyn yeah. Nine is so damn. Uh, I just got turned on to that. Uh, number one, or sorry, Sean says Chernobyl and Good Omens. <laughs> I don't know sure. how that would I'm, work, I'm, but sure, I've not seen either. Yeah. Well, well, uh, Jubal's mm-hmm. was written in recently. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if you guys can guess. You might have seen the chat when this came in, but I did not. Uh, the first the first one is actually easy, but uh, so he had number five was Sir Orville the musical. So what mm-hmm. two combinations were that? That one's easy because it's obviously Orville and the yeah, Orville. Orville and Ga- okay. Gallivant. Yeah, Gallivant. Uh, I do like this one. A murder he wrote. Oh, he titled them. Okay, he, he gave the titles of the episode. A murder. That's he funny. Wrote. Um, murder she wrote. This, no, this actually was not. This, is, this one's a little harder because it's Castle and the Rookie. Oh. So Castle wrote about true crime and, and the Rookie. Okay. And and he actually played both roles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Nathan That'd Fillion. be kind of interesting. Yeah. A Dance with the Devil would be the name of this episode. I like this one. The Devil is obviously a big clue. Just picked uh, up again for Lucifer. their next season. Lucifer. Yeah. And, and Dance. Uh, they tended to do some... They, they did some musical episodes as well on this particular show. Glow. Buffy. Yep. They, I think they uh, only did one musical. Yeah, but it was good. Blue versus red, or blues versus reds. So that is, of course, police versus firemen. This one's a little harder. Brooklyn Nine Nine and Tacoma FD, hmm. and Battle of the Spies, a show that I think I believe you watched all of recently, Jimmy. No, that was Psych. Sorry, Battle of the Spies. That'd be. It involves a new Chuck. show. I, I did see this. I did see this. Uh, one. Chuck and Whiskey Cavalier. I, I yeah. would. I, I'm. I'm in on that one as well. Awesome. Uh, now, do you want to go next, Jimmy? Since that's your lot in life. It's my lot in life. We'll go ahead. Okay, do it. My number five is going to be Airwolf and A-Team because I had to find somewhere to put both of these on. Yeah, yeah. My number four, I'm going to kind of diverge a little bit from Kerwin's, is going to be Penny Dreadful and Supernatural. I I would do either of those, Penny Dreadful and Supernatural, Penny Dreadful and Ash, or maybe the one of them does so well that they do all three of them next time. Yeah, how about this one? Ash versus Evil Dead and Stranger Things. Somebody put also, Bruce Campbell on that show, please. Number two, Brooklyn Nine Nine and The Office. Yes, I can see that one. They would have to do it with uh, the Stranton Strangler. Yeah, them track. Do it. My number one is going to be. This is my favorite one. That's why it's number one. Golden Girls and What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> The Baron seduces Blanche. That would, that would have been my number one, but it, you you said it so far out there. Yeah, I couldn't copy it. It would be yeah. The Baron seduces Blanche. We got the the uh, the old lady. The uh, disapproves and Pearl. And I think her name Stel was Getty. yeah. No, that was my that was my grandma's name. Uh, Stel Sophia. Getty's character, Sophia. Sophia. She hits like, the Baron with a shoe or something. And Rose and the uh, this mental va- or the energy vampire having epic battles as Rose is telling her stories of the old country. Yeah. Well, when you first posed this question, the first thing that came out of my mouth was Miami Vice and Breaking Bad, and then I, it it occurred to me that's mm. a bad because Miami Vice is so tied into Miami and Breaking Bad is so tied into New Mexico that Albuquerque it wouldn't work at all. Mm. So that would get knocked off my list. Okay. However. I did come up with not only my number five, but a little bit of a, an opening sequence for that show. I think we should go with Chernobyl and Real World. Do it. This is the true story. Heroes for seven strangers. <laughs> <laughs> Picked up by the team. 
find out what happens what? when people stop being polite. Could you get the And start dying of radiation poisoning. Oh, God. Go. All right. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's my number five. That's really You'd watch it. Yeah, I would, based on that intro. Let me see. Here we go. And uh, for my number four, I'm going Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Reno 911. Oh, my God. I didn't think of that. Good one. Yeah. For some reason, the Police Academy movie set in Miami springs to mind. I don't know why, but hmm. that's, I, I went – I had to get this show in there, Night Court. I didn't really know what to mix it with, but I'm thinking Night Court and maybe The Office. There's enough craziness in there, and again, Scranton Strangler kind of po- pops to mind. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I'm going to go with that. Awesome. I kind of considered Night Court and Bull. Uh, that'd be interesting. Oh. I could see that. Bull being uh, someone that is a jury finder or something, right? Yeah, jury uh, jury science, yeah. Uh, my number two makes a little bit of sense if you watched either of these shows, but Lost and Arrow. Because Arrow, part of its whole storyline <laughs> is this series of islands that Oliver Queen finds himself on. And what, of course, if one of those islands happens to be one of the crazy lost islands with like a polar bear and a smoke monster? Smoke monster. You I could would like totally to call it Lost Arrow. Yeah, uh, Lost Arrow, yeah. Hey, we're on to some things, guys. Yeah. And my number one, I would love to see the Stranger Things X-Files crossover, particularly seeing maybe the kids hitting on like a younger Scully because it's still set in the 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe the only problem being that Mulder, Mulder hadn't yet met scully but you know maybe both of them kind of working on the case separately and maybe uh like that but i could see the interactions between all those people and the the kids not having any problem convincing Mulder of what's going on and the government trying to stop it and i i think stranger things and x-files would be a really fun episode oh i just thought of one Uh uh-oh what about like dexter or breaking bad and forensic files do like a a forensic files breakdown of what had happened like we found these all these dead bodies in the miami bay yeah it was a keep biscayne bay that's what it is okay well that's that's what i got your turn rob all right well i'm i'm less thrilled with my with my choices now um i (laughs) i i did the amendment wrong no 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 i i i made up some some ones on the fly but fine um I'll, i'll give you my original five first okay um at number five, I wasn't a huge fan of the show growing up as a kid, but I'd I'd be interested to see what actually happened with um, a haunting of Scooby Doo, <laughs> combining the haunting of Hill House and Scooby Doo. Not, <laughs> not really for children. No, um, the dog dies. My my fourth one. Son of a bitch. <laughs> my fourth one, which is a crossover of two things, but it, it one of them's a TV show and one of them's not. I I would like to see Firefly League, Firefly, which would be obviously. which would oh, be a sh- Rocket League with yeah. Firefly ships. Yes, and Screw you could it, do yeah. like you could do like a whole tournament series based show and and whatnot. We're, we're branching out. Yeah, for number three, I went with Lucifer Natural. So, <laughs> awesome. combining Lucifer and Supernatural. Okay. For number two. I actually would have been interested to see how well they handled the situation and, and what went down, but Orville Horizon. Oh, <laughs> man. That's amazing. And my number one choice, because I really just want to see all of these people dead, <laughs> would okay. be Running Housewives. So it would be a combination of The Running Man and The Real Housewives. <laughs> yeah. And just or, funny, the, or The Real Housewives of Chernobyl. There you go. But Mm. if I have to do TV show to TV show, that would become 
Walking Dead Housewives. Okay. Yeah. They would just like nag you to death. No, they would they would just get eaten in the first mob of okay. zombies. It would be a very short season. But then I also th- when I was trying to figure out, you know, what to replace the ones that weren't really TV show to TV show, um I could do a a, a Star Trek Stranger Things crossover. Uh, yeah, that that would be fun. Like the kids like there's some disturbance on Earth and it's like, oh, it's the Enterprise. Yeah, they do enough weird shit with like time manipulation. And Somebody Star gets Trek, beamed but, down. They yeah. don't know who they are. Into that shed. Not the not the treehouse, but the shed. You see like the light flash up and Yeah. And and how much different would True Blood have been if you'd have put Buffy in the mix? It would have been like one season. Or <laughs> not even a season. <laughs> a forty five minute episode. There you go. Where Buffy's like, Are you insane? But then she's dating Angel, so can she really talk? Yeah. True, true. So what what else you got? That was it. Oh, okay. Because because I, I only had uh, three that were not TV show to TV show, and I gave you three options to replace it. Guys, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Give Me Five Pod. If you'd like to email us directly, and please do, we'd love to hear your opinions on our topics of the night at Give Me Five Podcast at Gmail dot com. And if you could leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you are listening to, hopefully now that is Podcoin, we'd really appreciate it. You can find our store at giveme5.threadless.com. We have all sorts of amazing, mer- amazing, amazing merchandise on there, uh, like T-shirts, uh, bath mats. I mean, and it's giveme5podcast.threadless.com. Yes. Thank you, Rob. And that was a cell phone case that I got. Yes. Give me five podcast at threadless.com, which is actually really nice. It's held up very well. Yeah. Check us out directly at give me five dot libsyn, L I B S Y N dot com. The five and all of those is spelled out F I V E. Thank you so much. Now, Rob told me earlier and last week that he's angry about something. So it's time for him to take the floor for the rant. I got something to say. You know what really grinds my gears? Here's a man who would not take it anymore. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I don't want to tell him what a dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-legged, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the title? I got a lot of problems with you people! So, like I've already said, Jen and I went to Universal. Mm -hmm. We also went there last week when this actually happened. It still holds true because they're still doing it. We went to Diagon Alley and went into the ice cream shop, Florian Fortescue's. Now, Jen absolutely loves their butterbeer ice cream. But, you know, we're trying to avoid, we're trying to avoid, like, bread and stuff. And I know, you know, we had ice cream, you know, carbs, sugar. uh, But, so... We wanted to avoid the waffle cone and just get a cup. Well, we ordered the cup and he grabs the the big plastic souvenir take home cup. And I'm like, no, 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 I I don't want that. I don't want to take that home. I just want, I just want the regular paper cup. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, well, we don't have those. And I'm like, what? Like you, you ran out of them? Oh, no, no, no. We just don't have those anymore at all. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. One, it's still up on the menu, but what you're telling me is that if I want to buy ice cream in a bowl, 
I've got to pay the inflated price for the souvenir cup that I don't even friggin' want. Which is like, like 30, 40 bucks. They're like, yeah, that's all we have. Well, it's not that much. It's like an extra two, two fifty, something like that. But okay. still, it's an extra two bucks. And I'm like, and you know, universal prices are ridiculous anyway. Oh, and yeah. I don't want to carry that friggin' thing around all day. For something that you're also going to throw away. Right. And I'm like, I don't. I don't, I don't want that. Why are you forcing me to buy this crap? I, that doesn't, and plus it's still on the menu. Why can't I get that paper cup? I just want the paper cup. I don't want to take home this plastic piece of crap. That wasn't bad enough. What happened next? I was like, are you effing serious right now? The guy behind me asked for a second spoon. This son of a bitch behind the counter had the balls to turn to this guy and go, I'm sorry, sir. We're trying to cut down on the use of our single-use plastics. Are you fucking kidding me? You just forced me to pay. T- you know what? With that two fifty that you forced me to pay for that cup, you can give this guy another friggin' spoon. All right? Are you serious? You're ripping everybody off for these plastic cups, and you can't even give this guy a spoon? Give him oh, a second man. spoon. Are you are you shitting me? Come <laughs> on, you're forced. Oh man, I I was so mad. I didn't get ice cream. Jen got Mm -hmm. ice cream because she absolutely had to have it, but Mm -hmm. I didn't get ice cream. I was going to go over next door to, to get butterbeer. I was like, I, you know what? I'll just get some butterbeer. And I went, I couldn't let it go. I went over there and I'm like, I got a question for you. You don't actually only sell butterbeer in the souvenir cups now, do you? And they're like, no, we still have the plastic cups. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I thought. I was so mad, I didn't spend another freaking penny the entire time I was there. Universal, you can kiss my ass. I'm not buying any more of your friggin' ice cream. Well, there you go. Go to hell. (laughs) And that right there is why we do a rant. That's a rant right there. We're trying to cut down on our use of single-use plastics. The hell you are! I'm gonna throw this fucking cup away! (laughs) Are you telling me I can bring this cup back and get it refilled for a cheaper price? No. Screw you, Universal. You're lying. You're just trying to rip me off for an extra 250 Asshole. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> Can you just say, all right, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to hold out my two hands and put them together. Just put two scoops in there. <laughs> just, just, just give me the ice cream face. in my hand. I'll just like, eat it out of I my will, hand. I will give you $7.50 and just let me reach over the counter and grab a handful of ice cream. <laughs> Ooh, ouch.